This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. This is very important for us to know that we know that we are loved by God. Although it's cold, I'm loved by God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We know if God loved you, nothing would go wrong in your life while we live on a fallen planet. Hallelujah. God wanted us to make a choice to live in concert with him, that he is God and we are his creation. We are his children. Amen. But we as human beings chose to live independent of God. We chose to be gods ourselves, little G-O-Ds, instead of following the God. Hallelujah. The Yahweh. Hallelujah. The eternal existent one. Amen. So here we go. Psalm 88, verse 3, New International Reader's Version reads, this is David, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Next slide, please. Verse 4, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. When we think about things like, like last summer, Dorette and I went to the Grand Canyon, and uh, I mean, uh, we went to the Niagara Falls, and back in 2016, we went to the Grand Canyon, amen, and we see the splendor of God's creation. We've been to Hawaii, we've been to Jamaica, we have been some places, and when we see the magnificence of God's creation, who are we that God would care for us? There are 8 million people on the planet, approximately. Who are we? There's a baby born every 8 seconds. Who are we? Compared to the magnificence of God. Why would someone so great care about little old me? My God. You know, even as Christians, we struggle with our self-worth. I'm ugly. I'm this. I'm that. I'll never get married. Nobody cares about me. I'll never have any money. I'll always be poor. They don't like me because of how I look. They don't like me because of how smart I am. They think I'm not smart at all. All these things go through our mind. They don't like me because I'm from another country. All these challenges we face on a fallen world. Hallelujah. Because this is not the planet. This is, this, is the, this is the physical structure, but this is not the world that God intended for us to live in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it, it, it brings us to a question. You know, I get up, I go to work every day. I deal with this difficulty, this challenge. I'm not getting paid what I want to get paid. The bills are due. The dog is barking. (laughs) This one's complaining, that one's complaining. The furnace doesn't work. The water is turned off so the pipes don't burst. Next slide, please. It brings us to the title of this message. What is the meaning of life? Is it to get up and go to work every day? Is it to pay bills every day? Is it to eat, sleep, drink, and die? 
pay taxes and die? <laughs> what is the meaning of life? The Bible has an answer. Hallelujah. I have shared this before, amen, but God led me to share it again today, amen, to either refresh our memories and to uh, refresh our souls today, to feed our souls today again, or for those of us who have not heard it before, amen, hallelujah, he wants to encourage you today that there is meaning in life, hallelujah, glory to God, beyond your job, beyond the vicissitudes of life, the comings, the goings, the back, the forths, the ups, the, the downs. There is meaning to life, and it is laid out in the Bible for us. Amen. With that said, I know it's cold. Let's hurry up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Those of you online, you are blessed today. Amen. We, uh, we, I got to call these the overcomers. The overcomers are in the house. Hallelujah. You're an overcomer too. Amen. But we're just presently overcoming. Amen. Hallelujah. So we love you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Help me to pray. Amen. We need God to show up today. Hallelujah. And speak to us. Speak to our hearts today. Amen. We don't need Robert Brown. We need Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you and bless you because you do all things well. Thank you that you're a keeper, Lord God, even through the present challenges we face, Lord God, both physically and present, Lord God, and those, hallelujah, those larger issues we face every day. Now, Father God, we need a word from you. Hallelujah. This task you've given me is far, far too great for me. Hallelujah. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Have your way today like never before, Father God. In the name of Jesus, feed your people. Feed me, your servant, today. Use me. I decrease that you might increase in me. Help us, Lord God, through your word. In Jesus' name. All those in agreement with that prayer, just say amen. amen. Hallelujah. What is the meaning of life? Is it to get married one day and have children? Those are wonderful. That's wonderful. But is that the meaning of life? Is that what the Bible tells us? Is it to be like Mother Teresa? Do all the things she's done throughout her life, which are wonderful. And I think part of what she does ties into it. But what is the, what is the meaning? Is it to be by myself for the rest of my life? What, what is the biblical meaning of life? Hallelujah. Before we move on to our scriptures, amen, let's look at some definitions. Next slide, please. Amen. The word meaning from the dictionary.com is what is intended to be. So what is intended to be of my life? or actually is, is expressed or indicated. Signification, what's, what, what's the importance of my life? The import, the end, the purpose, the significance of something, in this case, our lives. My God, holiday. Is it the shadow all day? You know, often when we talk about heaven, uh, because there are a few glimpses of heaven in the Bible, we often pick just one image to think we'd just be doing that all day. You know, there are many who believe we'll just be praising God 24 hours a day. I know it will be a part of what we do, but there'll be more to it. Hallelujah. So praising God all day, hallelujah, and not doing anything else, amen, is not the full meaning of life. Hallelujah. So then I'm walking through the, the uh, supermarket. Hallelujah! 
ah, you know, people think I'm crazy. Now, it, what, what I'm doing is wonderful, hallelujah, but it, without context, people don't understand, and they would think that I'm out of my mind, hallelujah. So life has some meaning, some importance, some significance. What is it intended to be? Why are you here on the earth? Have you ever wondered? Next slide, please. Let's look at the word life according to dictionary.com. It's the course of existence or the sum of experiences and actions that constitute a person's existence. That which is animate, exhibits motion, life processes, or breathing. Amen. And there's a little science in there as well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is existing. Your existence, your time here on this physical plane, what, what is it? What is its purpose? What is its intended function? Hallelujah. You young people are on the brink of going out into the world and, and fulfilling your potential. Amen. But do you know what the meaning is of life is before you do that? Next slide, please. And the word life we're going to take from the Bible. Amen. The New Testament definition is life or zoe, spiritual or physical. It's all life throughout the universe is derived, i.e., it take it only it always only comes from and is sustained by God's self-existent life. See, scientists, amen, hallelujah, say there was a big bang, but who caused the big bang? Why did life come into being? There had to be a designer, there had to be someone behind the causation, if that's a word, hallelujah, of a life. Hallelujah, we got a couple teachers in here. Hallelujah, you can correct me if you need to. Hallelujah. But why we are here, why is there male and female? Why is there adult and children? Hallelujah. Why, why are there different, hallelujah, races? Hallelujah. Why, why? Why are different places and different languages? Why? God's plan. God is the source of life. Hallelujah. It comes from and sustained by God's self-existent life. We are here because he chose to have us here. We are alive because he is alive. He's the source of life. The Lord intimately shares his gift of life with people, creating each in his image, which gives all the capacity to know his eternal life. We all uh, all of us that are saved, hallelujah, we have the eternal life. We are reconnected with God through our vows to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and through our acceptance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hallelujah. God now, a portion of God by way of the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. Hallelujah. And we have eternal life or unending life. No, these bodies will not go to heaven. No, these bodies won't be on the new heaven and the new earth. Hallelujah. But our essence, our soul, our personalities will. Our spirit, yes. Our life force that comes from God. All right. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. But where can we find a scriptural basis for the meaning of life? Uh, my aunt used to tell me the meaning of life was, uh, 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 I'm just being funny right here. My aunt didn't literally tell me this, hallelujah. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, go get a job, hallelujah. Uh, get a good pension, amen. And, and, and then you could live a good retirement. Uh, go, go find a good woman. Live a good life. I'm sure we've all had examples of 
advice like that, that people came to their own decision what the meaning of life is, but shouldn't it come from the creator? Part of our issues because we've all decided as human beings that we're going to make it up on our own. We're we, we making it up as it goes. I don't want to turn down that road, and God, I don't believe God, so I was going to go someplace else. So, man, let's stay here. Hallelujah. But where can we find a scriptural basis for the meaning of life? Hallelujah. Next slide, please. We're coming out of 1 John 4 and 9. We're reading the Amplified Version. John was the longest living apostle. All right. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He also wrote the book of Revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. He was, as you always hear me, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He, he referred to himself in the third person like that. Hallelujah. He knew he was loved. Hallelujah. That's why I asked you the question at the beginning. Do you know that you are loved? Hallelujah. See, we could say that out loud just to fit in with everybody here in church. Amen. But do you really know that God loves you? This is a question you have to ask yourself. Amen. And I pray Something is revealed today that you would know that you are loved. Amen. All right. First John 4, 9, Amplified Version reads, hallelujah. Uh, he says, by this, the love of God was displayed in us. What is this by, by this? In that God sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind into the world so that we might live through him. Do you mean we're supposed to live through him? To, to get life from him or eternal life. And as we exist, continue to live in concert with him. Next slide, please. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering. You know, the Father God was satisfied with Jesus' offering of his own life. It paid the sin debt that we all had. He was appeased. He was satisfied. That's what a propitiation means. For our sins, fulfilling, it fulfilled God's requirement for justice against sin, placating his wrath. How do we know that God loved us? Because he sent Jesus to die in our place. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. If he was well pleased with him, yet he sent it for us. He sent him to die in our place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We must be loved. But if you don't believe that your sins are forgiven, you're going to miss out on knowing how much you're loved. Because you're still striving and scratching and clawing through your religious efforts, amen, to, to gain God's love through your good behavior. Why? Because that's what mommy and daddy had you do. They didn't show you love unless you acted a certain way. And why did they do that? Because they didn't know they were loved. Next slide, please. So saints, based on 1 John 4, 9 and 10, the first part of the meaning of life is to receive the love of God. He first loved us, as it says in the King James Version. 
Old Testament is love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. But if you have no love in you and you're not the source of love and God is the source of love, Jesus was really trying to point them that you can't do it on your own. You need me. Understand this. When we read the Gospels, Jesus was trying to show the Jews of his day that they could not keep the law without God's help. He was trying to bring them to the end of their religious efforts. This is, this is the technique he was using. Amen. When Jesus lived, it was still the old covenant being in effect. He was using a strategy of using the law to show the Jews of his day that you are in need of a savior. You can't keep this yourself. When he challenges them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their mind, and all their strength, amen, he knew they could not do it on their own. If God is the, we know the scripture says God is love. If God is the source of love, how can I love him if I don't get the love from him in the first place? So, the meaning of life is to receive the love of God. Not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. How do we know that? He sent his son to die in our place as the scapegoat. Anybody ever blame a brother, a sister, or a cousin when you did something wrong growing up and they got in trouble? Well, God intentionally sent Jesus to die in our place, to take the blame for you and I. And you know what you did. I know what I did. I didn't deserve it, but thank God for his love. Hallelujah. So the meaning of life, amen, that we all need. Hallelujah. Young people, please hear this. Amen. You must know that God loved you. And how do we know that God loved us? Because he sent his son to die for our imperfections, our shortcomings, our flaws, our idiosyncrasies, our imperfection, our willful sin. Our mistakes Jesus died for and his death placated or satisfied God's just demand yes we deserved hell but Jesus died in our place that we might have heaven hallelujah glory to God receive the love of God hallelujah next slide please the second part of the meaning of life next slide 1 John 4.11, we're staying in this chapter. John goes on to say, Beloved, so you know he's talking to believers here when he says, Beloved. If God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You know why the world has a problem with racism and mistreatment and sexism and, and, and ageism and this schism and that schism, hallelujah, because the world doesn't know it's loved by God. How can the world share love with one another when it doesn't know it's loved? Next slide, please. The second part of the meaning of life based on 1 John 4 and 11 is to freely give that divine love that you receive to others. Every day I look to share the love that I receive from God with somebody else, whether they look like me or they don't, whether they hate me or they like me. I look to share the love of God with them. Whether it's a history of abuse, amen, of, of, of my people or not, hallelujah, I look to share the love of God with them. Why? Because 
He first loved me. And I have received and embraced that my sins are forgiven past, present, and future. The church doesn't know it's loved, amen, because the church is still striving to make it to heaven. The church doesn't understand the cross in its totality. We still believe Jesus just died for our sins before salvation. Why would God send such a great price for our sins? Knowing we're weak as human beings, for us to blow it so easily and lose our salvation. You've heard me say this a million times. If eternal life is not eternal life, then what is eternal life? Eternal life is unending life. You cannot lose your salvation. If you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus, and is that something between you and him, you received him as Lord and Savior, you cannot lose your salvation. Can you act a fool? You certainly can. Can you go on a sin rampage? You certainly can. Can you have one foot in the world and one foot in the world? You certainly can. Can you rob a bank? You certainly can. Will you go to jail? You certainly will. But you can't lose your salvation. There are earthly consequences for our bad choices. But our eternal consequences were paid for at the cross. Hallelujah. There's still a horizontal uh, responsibility towards other human beings and towards this, 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 this earth. All right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if I mistreat one of you, you have the right uh, to feel offended or whatever you are. Or if I do something abusive, call the police on me or whatever. All right? And I will suffer an earthly consequence, but I will not suffer an eternal consequence. Why? Because that sin was punished already at the cross. No, God does not want us to walk through loopholes and walk on the fine line and see how much sin I can get away with because I'm saved. No, then maybe you weren't really saved. Maybe you, weren't, you didn't embrace it. Maybe you just came to church to look for a husband or a wife or just a, play, a social place. Hallelujah. But for those of us that have true struggles, and I believe that's everybody in the room, everybody online, we all have struggles. He paid for it at the cross. Amen. I'm not talking about somebody trying to get through loopholes. You know, the Bible never really told me that I couldn't have multiple wives. I don't see it in black and white. Well, maybe you do. God only gave Adam one wife. And then he only gave Jesus one wife. That's the church. You know, it's unnatural to be monogamous. Yeah, it is unnatural because man's fallen. Man thinks every impulse, every drive, every pull on his flesh is, is moral. Man's inherently evil when he chose to live separate from God. And in fact, he suffered a spiritual death. Let me move on. We're cold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The meaning of life to receive God's love and to give it to others. The meaning of life is to receive God's love and to give it to others. If you are struggling with loving other people, then you're struggling with receiving 
God's love. If you're struggling with one of those isms I talked about before, then you're struggling because, hallelujah, perfect love casteth out fear. When you have really been, and I didn't, when you've really been impacted by the love of God, over time you're going to mature to love everybody. Amen? Next slide, please. Let me hurry up. How do we receive God's love? So how do, how do we receive it? We, how, do, how do we get that? Next slide. I'm speeding up. We're in the Gospel of John 15, 13, Amplified Version. It says, no one has greater love nor stronger commitment than, this is Jesus speaking, than to lay down his life for his friends. Now here Jesus in chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 are preparing his disciples for his crucifixion. All right. So here he's making an allusion to him dying, laying down his life for his friends of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So next slide, please. We receive God's love when we understand and embrace the fact that Jesus laid down his life in order to give it to us. He died that we might live. When we embrace that, when we grasp the concept when we really digest this information and wholeheartedly let it wash over us and wash in us, hallelujah, glory to God, that he laid down his life that we might live, hallelujah. You, you, you waiting for that dude or that lady to die for you. I, I'm looking for a love with somebody would die for me. Well, it already happened. It happened at the cross. Because Joker's not going to lay down his life for you, hallelujah, because he don't know God loves him. And she don't know God loves her. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus died for us because he knew God loved him. And that God would not forsake him. And that he would raise him from the dead on the third day. He made some allusions to that during some of his uh, 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 speeches through the gospel. Next slide, please. Christ, oh, I'm, I thought I corrected this grammatical error, but it's supposed to say Christ's possessive desire, desires a, a per, Christ desire, oh no, this is right, Christ desires a personal relationship with us. Excuse me. Christ desires a personal relationship with each of us. You know, I go to Christ and I, I share my deepest, darkest secrets, things I'm going through, things I'm experiencing, Difficulties I'm having, sometimes I pout, sometimes I have a little temper tantrum, and he just keeps loving me. He doesn't, he's not co-signing it, he's not saying it's okay, but he's patient with me. Sometimes I go to him and say, this is unfair, and then he shows me all the ways that he's blessed me where it was not, wasn't unfair to somebody else. <laughs> It's unfair, God. Well, let me show you the blessings that you receive. Think about your testimonies. So Christ desires a personal relationship with us. It's not just about coming to church and, and dancing. That's one aspect. We need a personal relationship with him. We all want relationships. We want a fleshy relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that, wanting to be with someone. 
having friends, having a romantic relationship that leads to marriage, uh, things of that nature. But he wants a personal relationship with us. Next slide, please. We're coming out of Matthew 11 and 28. Now, his audience, I want you to remember this. In Matthew, Matthew was written to Jews. It was not written to the church. Yes, the church can benefit from the book of Matthew. We can learn from um, the challenges of people, the people that the Bible was talking to here. But it was not written to Christians. We can benefit from it. Hallelujah. We certainly can. And we will benefit from it today. So Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says to his audience, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. We know what the religious rituals are, so nobody gets mad at me. I'm not going to say them again today. You've heard me say it over and over again. Hallelujah. Fasting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm speaking to the online audience. Hallelujah. And I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation, throwing ashes and cloth on you, yourself. Beating yourself up because I want to prove to you, God, that I am serious. I'm coming up to the altar. Although you died at the cross already, so there's no need for an altar. Because there's no more sacrifice for sin. I don't know why we still call it an altar in the church. But it's the throne of grace. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. All of us that have struggled, you try, you know you need to serve the Lord. You know you need to go to church, amen. But church has reduced your salvation to a set of works. Do right, get right. Do, uh, uh, do bad, get bad type of religious activity and you find no peace when you run out of steam and you can't do it anymore. Hallelujah. Then we stop coming to church. Because we've been misinformed. He's saying, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened by religious rituals wearing white. You can wear all the white you want to. <laughs> They're going to clean up your, your heart. You can wear all the doilies you want to. Your heart is not going to be any clean. The Pharisees were wearing all the religious garbs they could, and he call, uh, Jesus called them uh, whitened sepulchers or whitened tombs. And if you were sincere in doing all those things, I said I don't want to make light of them, but if you were sincere in what you were doing, God bless you. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to offend you, amen. I just want to open your eyes to what Jesus has offered us. Hallelujah. He said, I will give you rest. Referring to your souls with salvation. They were, the Jews were trying to get into heaven through keeping the Ten Commandments, and they could not. Here's a statement. Some of y'all might get up and walk out. Some of you might turn off the, the YouTube right now. Every Old Testament saint went to hell. How could they go to heaven? Jesus hadn't died yet. They were in a nice part of hell, but they went to hell. It's called Abraham's bosom. Every, no matter, Moses went to hell. <laughs> David went to hell. It was a nice part of hell, 
But how could they get to heaven until Christ dies on the cross and pays for man's sins? He came to bring them salvation and to bring us salvation. Yes, we're going to see Moses and David and all of them in heaven when we get there. And on the new heaven and earth when that's established. Hallelujah. But until Jesus died, <laughs> they went to hell. Nice part of hell. Some people may refer to it as purgatory. I, I don't want to equate the two because that's a different situation. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we don't know how great a salvation we have. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciple. Now, these are people who were religious people who kept the best that they could, the law of Moses. Come to you. I'm a child of Abraham. I was born into this thing. Why do I need you? Son of a carpenter. Matter of fact, your mother had you before wedlock. Who are you? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn from me. Follow me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart. What is Jesus? Gentle and humble in heart. Did you know Jesus is someone that's gentle and humble? Or are you used to that mean preacher that bears no fruit? That picks out your sins, but never picks on his or hers. We're human. We're all flawed. I'm flawed even behind this pulpit. And you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. What a joy to have your soul quiet because it's at ease, because it knows it's back in relationship with God because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. What does this word yoke mean? In the, in the uh, Greek, which this is derived from, being in the New Testament portion of the Bible, is zugos. Properly, a yoke is a wooden bar placed over the neck of a pair of animals so that they can pull together. We know that imagery, oxen, and, 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 and things like that. Figuratively, though, so what does it mean for our modern understanding? It's what unites, joins two people to move or work together as one. Jesus is in this with us. He's given us his Holy Spirit. We're joined together. We move forward together. Even the work of the ministry, he initiates, I follow, we follow. He makes the first move, we follow. This is not Robert Brown Ministries. This is the living waters, which represents the life of Christ, the cleansing of Christ. The, the, the move of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, the living waters, the life of Christ that flowed and washed, hallelujah, all mankind of his sins, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. The Jews would have understanding of, of, of perpetual cleansing, living waters, perpetual cleansing. He says, I give you living waters, hallelujah. And he spoke it to the woman at the well at first. This is a woman that had five husbands and was now living with a man who was not her husband and he spoke about continual cleansing. <laughs> Woo! Living waters. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That even when I mess up, hallelujah, his blood is continually cleansing me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. We receive the love of God through a personal, intimate relationship with Christ, sharing our innermost thoughts and feelings with him, and he's sharing his with us. Stop hiding your mess from God. He already knows. I'm going to hide this from God like I hide it from people. You know, I never tell my testimony because I'm ashamed. How can I be ashamed if I'm under the blood? So anybody that would condemn me doesn't respect the cross. <laughs> oh, people going to talk about you anyway, so you might as well talk about your testimony. <laughs> Matter of fact, they're talking about you now. Hallelujah. And it's hurt your feelings. Hallelujah. But I'm looking at the cross. Hallelujah. He loves me. Hallelujah. He died for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep on talking. Amen. I'm going to love you anyway. Why? Because he first loved me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I turn the corner real quick? We all live in the world. And I live in a lot of situations where someone who looks like me would be judged before I open my mouth. But I know I'm loved. And although I don't like to be mistreated like anybody else, I don't want to be anybody's doormat, amen, because I know I'm loved, I can share it with everybody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not actively looking to be hurt. I want to be loved. But I know I have to get it from him so I could share it with everybody. Amen. How, how do we overcome the isms? Knowing you're loved. All the isms that are out in the world, you got to know you're loved. Amen. Glory to God. They don't like me. Well, th that's their issue. God loves you. Can you receive that love and then love them anyway? doesn't mean you're going to be the best of friends, but you will show a civ civility towards other people because Jesus has been civil to you. Hallelujah. We receive the love of God through a personal, intimate relationship with Christ, sharing our innermost thoughts and feelings with him, and he's sharing his with us. It's called prayer. How are you praying for an hour? Because me and him are having a conversation. <laughs> I'm speaking to him. He's speaking to me. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. How do we share his love with others? Hallelujah. Next slide, please. I'm hurrying up. Ephesians 4.32. Amen. This is the Apostle Paul. He's speaking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Be ye kind one to another. So it means our, we, our will's involved. We have a choice in this. He's saying, Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. You mean we as Christians are supposed to be tenderhearted? Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Why has God forgiven us? For Christ's sake. In the Old Testament, it was forgive in order to be forgiven. In the New Testament, it's forgive because you've been forgiven. Now, forgiving people doesn't mean you're going to be the best of friends afterwards. You're going to have a relationship, amen. Some people you got to love from a distance, amen, because they're not at the place where they can't be abusive or take advantage of you or try to mistreat you, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. But you don't have to live in anger anymore. Forgive them. You don't have to be burdened by that anymore. Forgive. Why? Because you've been forgiven when you didn't deserve it. 
Next slide, please. We're hurrying it up. We share the love of God with the, with the brethren when we are kind and forgiving of one another. You know, I'm going to offend you. I probably offended you multiple times a day already. Please keep loving me. We are going to offend each other. You're probably offended because you're sitting in the cold right now and the water's not running. Hallelujah. There are things that are going to offend you. I might offend you because I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. I don't call you at the right time. I, 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 you know, we don't hang out all the time. Hallelujah. We don't do all this because I'm human. Amen. And I like to go to sleep sometimes and I like to spend time with my family or have some social time. And I'm not pastor 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. You may be offended by that. But if we're going to get along with one another, we got to forgive one another and make allowances for each other's imperfections. You know, and I'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings, but we're weak as human beings. We're weak. He is strong. We give him our weakness. He gives us his strength. I'm still struggling with that. I need to really understand that as human beings we are weak and I need to lower my expectations sometimes I get them too high we are weak as a human race weak as water we're weak that's why we needed Jesus if we were strong we wouldn't need Jesus we needed Jesus all right and understanding that we're weak then we're going to forgive one another because we know that we don't have the capacity in and of our own strength to do the right thing. You always hear me talk about my marriage. It's, it's Jesus. We're coming up on 29 years. It's Jesus. Believe me, it's Jesus. I'm not always the best guy. What you see is not always what you get as far as me 24 hours a day. The demands of being a pastor are not always kind to being a husband. And have to work 40 hour a week, you know, and whatever else I have to do. It's Jesus. Hollywood has sold us a, a, good, a, bill, a, a bill of goods. And they lived happily ever after. <laughs> It should say, and they leaned on the arm of Jesus <laughs> to live out holy matrimony. And they didn't divorce each other just because somebody woke up one day and said, I, I feel like I'm not in love with you anymore. Marriage is not about romance. <laughs> oh God. Should you have romance? Sure, certainly. But we quit when things get tough. And we use scriptures like, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Because two made a vow before God and man. That's how two walk together. You agreed on that before God and man. We have a disposable relationship culture. Certainly, if someone's abusive to you, God would not want you to stay in a, an abusive situation. Physically abusive, whatever kind of abusive. Someone's reckless, you know, I, we, you know I, just off, you know, we understand that. Amen. 
Hallelujah. God understands. Now, I'm not out here telling people to get divorced. I'm not saying that. Amen. I'm saying hallelujah. If God had the same mentality as we have, then Christ would divorce his bride. He wouldn't take the bride, <laughs> and we wouldn't be going to heaven. He'd say later for them. Thank God he doesn't have that mindset. Amen. God hasn't even given up on Israel. All of Israel will be saved when they see Christ sitting on the throne in the millennial kingdom. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. All that stuff you hear about enduring to the end and all that. Hallelujah. For the Jew that endures to the end through the seven years of the tribulation period, stays alive, hiding in those mountains and those caves and stuff like that. It comes out and sees Jesus on the throne will be saved. All right, let me hurry up because y'all cold. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Let this mind be in you. Next slide, Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Is there any encouragement? This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Oh, my God. Thinking of others as better than themselves. We had a funeral here a few years ago, and I didn't identify myself as pastor. And they, uh, you know, uh, the food was being served, and I just walked up. And this woman was like, you need to get yourself back on the back of the line. Now, I could have got up and said, you know what, lady? I'm the pastor of the church. You need to get out of here. I didn't do that. I got on the back of the line. There was a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. I got on the back of the line. Now, if you feel your flesh rise up, amen, you need the love of Jesus. <laughs> In that area. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I, when, when I encounter things like that, I know this person has not experienced the love of God. And for me to expect them to treat me how I want to be treated when they've not experienced what I've experienced, it's just not logical. We got to live intentionally. Hallelujah. But Hollywood has taught us to live spontaneously. And be flaky. It's in. It's trendy. Let's be flaky. All right. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others' interests too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. This is the attitude that Christ had. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's the next scripture in the King James Version. He knew he was loved, and he shared that love with the world. We need to know we're loved, and we share that love with the world. We're patient. We're kind. Amen. Coming out my driveway today, very tiny, narrow street. I was coming out. Uh, the kids' cars are parked where I can't see to my right, and this lady was coming down, and she was so upset with me because we, you know, we, we didn't come anywhere close to crashing, but the, the nerve that I would pull out and not see her have to release her. And she was looking at me and wanted to tell me off and everything. God bless her. God bless her. I know whose I am. 
I don't need to be frustrated by that and then come to church with an attitude because somebody told me off. I know who I am. I know my heart was sincere and I wasn't driving recklessly. Amen. We live in a fallen world. All right. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. We share the love of God with one another when we treat the brethren tenderly. Uh-oh. With compassion. Compassion means with empathy or feeling as they feel. Understanding, care, and concern. We should each act selflessly towards one another. Hallelujah. What if you came in one day, somebody sitting in your seat? What would you do? <laughs> ah, we lose our salvation so easily. Hallelujah. I don't mean literally. I mean blowing our top off of things that should not matter. Next slide, please. Love in action. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. Mark 16, 15, biblical scholars, I know that this is not in every manuscript, amen, but it was canonized anyway, so we're rolling with it, amen, hallelujah. And he said unto them, go, this is Jesus, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. No, just creatures that look like you, creatures that have the same culture as you, creatures that come from the same country as you. No, every creature, hallelujah. Next slide, hallelujah. We share the love of God with our fellow human beings when we share the gospel with them, telling them that God invites them to receive the forgiveness of their sins, a new relationship with their creator and Jesus, their savior, and deliverance from the fear of death, unending life, hallelujah. Glory to God. Last slide, hallelujah. In 2022, let's receive an abundance of God's love for ourselves and receive it until overflowing, hallelujah. Once we have done that, let's freely share the love with one another and the world at large. What is the meaning of life? Last slide, holiday is to receive God's love and to freely give it to others. This is going to be an international church. You're gonna have people sitting next to you that don't look like you. Praising God, thanking him for the forgiveness of their sins. Hallelujah. You may even have people that have hurt you in the past come through that door. We got to love everybody. We're not co-signing their behavior or their mistreatment of us. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean we're going to be the best of friends. Amen. It means that we're operating in the love of God, that we are part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Hallelujah. We're not exacerbating things. Hallelujah. But we're smoothing things over. Amen. Believe me, I'm like you. People have hurt me. People have talked about me, mistreated me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've been mistreated in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. At times. Hallelujah. It's not woe is me. I have a savior. I have a Lord. Amen. He loves me. Amen. We keep it moving. And I'm going to love everybody. Hallelujah. It, I, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have errors. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope I'm loved back. But if not, I got to keep on loving. The meaning of life. Do you know you're loved by Jesus? He died for you. He valued you that much. And once you embrace that, share that love with somebody else, everybody else you come in contact with. And when you run low on some love, Father, I'm empty. Fill me to overflow. Don't let me leave till, I'm over, till I have an overflow. And then give people out of your overflow. Don't give them out your cup. The overflow. David said, my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Give them the overflow. You need what's in the cup for yourself. Give them the overflow. What's bubbling over, the extra. And then always go back to get what you need. 
Hallelujah, I'm done. Hallelujah. Real quick, amen. You heard this message, amen, and you were impacted, amen. You want to experience the meaning of life, receiving the love of God, and then freely giving it to others. You believe you to be a good person, and relative to man, you probably are a good person relative to other human beings. But the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all imperfect, and you, my friend, are in need of God in your life. If you're in agreement with what I just said, and you want to join the family of God and be empowered supernaturally by God to receive his love, amen, evidenced by him sending Christ to die for your imperfections, amen, hallelujah, your sins, your shortcomings, your flaws, your idiosyncrasies, hallelujah, then say these words with me. Join the family of God. It's out of your will. You have to choose to do it, to say this prayer, amen. I'm just leading, but it's your choice. No one can make you do that, amen. Won't you join the family of God? Please say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, iniquities, and general imperfections. I believe that you died for my sins, my imperfections. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day as the evidence that Father God accepted Jesus' death as full payment for my sins. Hallelujah. Thank you for saving me. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, just now say amen. Amen. Please find a church home where they preach Jesus, and he's at the center of all that they do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you want to join us here at the Living Waters Christian Center, we're here every Sunday at 1130 a.m. We'd love to have you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are going through a transition with our physical church home, so we will give you more information as we move forward. Amen. With that, if you do want to join us in person, amen, hallelujah. We're presently going through something here in New York, amen, right now. Our furnace is off, amen. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed, I'm not, hallelujah. Things happen in life, amen, but God is good. S folks showed up anyway. Look at Jesus, amen. The overcomers are in the house, amen, but the overcomers are ready to go, amen. We're going to let the overcomers go and get some heat, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So welcome to the family of God, amen. Now, receive the love of God. Father God, flood their spirits with your love right now. Let it heal every crack, every fissure, every breach in their soul, in their spirits, in Jesus' name. Let that extend to those in the house. Everyone that has a love deficit, Lord God, flood their spirits, even in this cold, with your love. Mend hearts today. Repair. That which has been broken for years in their spirit, in their souls, Lord God. Heal, deliver, set free. There's somebody here yearning for a family member. There is nothing wrong with that. However, God can ease that yearn. I would encourage you to ask God to flood your spirit with love. So that when you see that person again, it's not uh, out of panic or anguish or any kind of extreme pain, but that you can truly love them with the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Flood their spirits, Lord, in Jesus' name. Somebody's been looking for love in all the wrong places. That might be all of us. Hallelujah. Get it from him first. Get it from him. 
we've made these bad relationship choices because we were trying to find love in the wrong place. There's nothing wrong with love. Love is of God. We got to get it from him first. Then we will be calm and patient and make the good choice for who God has for us. Hallelujah. Because we're not anxious. We're at ease. Because we know God loves us so much. He's only going to put somebody in our lives that's beneficial to us. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord God. I know your clock's ticking. Amen. Hallelujah. But God's not late. Hallelujah. Let him have his way. Have your way. Real quick, amen. We want to be a blessing, get you guys out of here to the house of God. We, we uh, have a lot going on, amen. But most importantly, we want to spread the gospel, amen. You can give in one of three ways, amen, hallelujah. Well, I'm going to give you just two today, two, two ways because we are transitioning, amen. First ways you can give at lwccgrace.org forward slash donations, amen. Hallelujah, you can give a tax-deductible donation there, hallelujah, glory to God, to the church, and you'll get an auto-generated email stating how much you gave, and you can take that auto-generated email to your tax person, amen, during tax time. All right, it's on the screen right now, lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. Please, ma'am, please, sir, if you are moved upon by God to give, amen, hallelujah. I don't have a number for you. I will never have a number for you, amen. Give unto the Lord, amen, a.k.a. to his church here at the Living Waters Christian Center where you are being fed. If you have a church home, do not tithe here, amen. Hallelujah. Tithe to your church home, amen. You can give an offering, but don't give 10% here. Jesus was tithed unto us, and we in response tithe back unto Father God. Hallelujah. He reaped a great harvest of billions of souls coming unto the saving knowledge of Jesus. Hallelujah. Salvation, amen. We want to sow back in response. We sow back unto God. Hallelujah. Being grateful. He's shown us the example by sending his son. We, hallelujah. I'm not giving Asa, hallelujah, in the offering, amen. But I'm giving a, 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 a symbol of my hard work, my labor, my toil, amen. My 40 hours I give back into the offering, amen. Hallelujah. And if you've ever wondered, direct writes the, the time check, amen, so I can keep doing this, amen. I do give. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The second way you can give, amen, is bail offering into P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. There you can mail in the do donation if you feel uncomfortable with digital transactions, amen, and we will deposit your offering for you, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in the appropriate time and appropriate season, we will send you a a, a, a contribution letter thanking you for your contribution to the Living Waters Christian Center. We're headed somewhere. Amen. God's got things in store for us because we've availed ourselves to be used to spread the gospel. We're headed somewhere. No challenge will stop us. Amen. We will not be defeated. Amen. No uh, obstacle can stand in our way. We're speaking to the mountain. We're not climbing the mountain. We're speaking to it, telling it to get up and get out our way. Amen. Holly, I want to encourage you to do the same as well. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the seed we sow. We sow it for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom. We sow it because we love you, Lord God. We sow it in spite of the challenges we face today, Lord God, that the gospel might be spread, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you today. Thank you for every soul here and the souls gathered online. Let me combine the benediction with this as well. Father God, as we leave this place, but never your presence, we ask for your traveling mercies. Take us to our various destinations without a hurt, harm, or danger. Let your favor go before us. Let your goodness and mercy hunt us down all the days of our life. Let us reap some 30-fold, 60-fold, 
100-fold, million-fold return on our offering. We bless you today. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.